talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to this podcast of Messy Christianity. We got a good one today, boys. Brent, Tommy, how are you? I'm Kevin. (laughs) I know, I just said that because I wanted to hear you say it. You've been working here, what, five years? Yeah, yeah. And I still call you by Tommy. Because Tommy, also started, our staff, with started the same yeah. week, so I Brent, get that a lot. Well, yeah. I, I always call you Brent, though, so I guess I know who you are. Yeah. Strangely, you never call me by different... You call me by... Oh, we called you a lot of names. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, today's a good question because we're three pastors, and um, the question is, do I have to go to church as a Christian? That, I, it seems as though this is a pretty big question uh, around Christian circles now, and that, that's a real. And, and I think it really, it's really a question that is is probably the wrong question. Yeah, it, because it's a surface level question of a deeper issue, right. which I think perhaps is is the church really who the church ought to be. That might be a whole other podcast. So let's just answer the question. Do I have to go to church as a Christian? I'm going to predict what Brent's going to say. I'm going to predict what he's going to say, too, but let's let him say it. <laughs> Y'all go first, then, <laughs> since you already know what I'm going to say. I, I, I really predict you're going to say, let's start by defining. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, is exactly that is exactly what I was going to say. Let's define what does it mean to go to church and what does church is. That's what oh, Before yeah. I can answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's define it. What is it? And again, you're we're asking this question among three pastors in a traditional Southern Baptist type of church, which you typical, not traditional. I'm sorry, I I misspoke. A a typical uh, Southern Baptist church. So, you know, what is what does it look like? You look at the the biblical examples of the church, and then some people would say the church today doesn't look anything like that. But then we have historical precedent where that's found. We've got some book, yeah, books after books after books over the last ten, twelve years that have been written on what is a church? Is a church something that's birthed out of a home where ten, fifteen, twenty people go on a regular basis? Is it uh, is it really a, a life group that or a root group or whatever the small groups are? Is that what it is, or is it something that happens on Sunday mornings? And if it doesn't happen on Sunday mornings, does Sunday night and Wednesday night stop count? Or what about mm-hmm. the Sunday afternoon ones? What about the Saturday evening ones? Where where and what does church actually look like? All of those are perspectives that different people would give. So, the, so to me, the, the the quick answer, the the easy answer is no. Going to church is not a necessity for being a Christian. We'd all we'd all agree with that because because it's by grace you're saved through faith, not of your works, so that none of us can boast. So we're 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 a Christian, a Christ follower, because we've yielded to to Jesus, we've surrendered our life to Him. Um, but I would add on top of that. If you are a follower of Christ, you will be connected to a local body, the called out ones, in some form or fashion. And I think that we have ample evidence in Scripture for that. You know, Hebrews, mm-hmm. do not neglect the assembling together of yeah. yourself. The first century church, they met regularly, uh, Acts 2.42. They met together mm-hmm. and they fellowshiped and they broke bread. So some sort of, 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 of group of believers right. is the, the biblical example and the biblical call. So where we're going here, though, is what what constitutes a church? What 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 qualifies, if you will, a church? Because I hear people mm-hmm. say quite frequently, "My church is the the sands on Sunday morning," mm-hmm. and that's impossible because the church is is not a place 
and the church is not absence uh, void of people. The church, by yeah. definition, people. is a collection of people. That's yeah, right. I mean, it, the bottom line definition, you said, what 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 defines a church? People. People yeah. that are actively pursuing God. I mean, if you're by yourself, believe it, you're, you're not with the church. No, no you're a church. But in the same breath, church. being by yourself, you can hear from God, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. This is not whether or not you're hearing yeah. from God. This is whether or not you're communing with the fellowship of believers by the definition of what the church actually is. Creation story, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, God said, I think it's Genesis 2, God, Adam's there, Eve's not there yet. Uh, God said, it's just not good for man to live alone. Yeah. Uh, we are created, oh, but think about this, I just thought of this. He says, it's not good for man to live alone. God was there with Adam. Yeah, but he still makes a statement. It's not good for man to live alone. So that's good. There is. I just thought I've never it, thought pretty of powerful, either. huh? Wow. So yeah. So Adam's got God out on the golf course, <laughs> out fishing on the boat. Adam's got God, but it's not enough. He says it's God says it's not good for man to live alone. I'm going to create somebody who's suitable and helpful for you. Um, we're created for relationship. I think that continues not just in that creation story, but it, it, that continues on for. For and, church. And I would probably take that even a step further, that we were created for relationship, but we were created for worship. Mm-hmm. And so it begs the question, if you're never with the collection of God's people, how do you worship? And 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 I think that we—I think that some—obviously worship is not a style. Worship is not a meeting. Worship is not a point. But there is something unique about, about worshiping in community or worshiping with the body, with the group. Um, and then, and then the other functions of the church, you know, mission, because, because yeah. it's easy for us to say, well, I'm not a part of a church. I do good stuff, but most likely what they're really, what people are really saying by that is I do good stuff as I feel like it, as I want to. And it's, and it's all self-directed and it's all, this is my choice. This is what it, there, there's a bit of authority that's, what kind of lacking in that isn't there? Not as in a we, bad way, but in a. As we're talking about worship, you know, immediately a lot of minds go to okay, music, lights, preaching, that kind of stuff. What we're, we're probably talking about here is the assembling together. Um, it, yes, worship is enhanced by the assembling together, but it's not necessarily because of the the crowd of people and and the excitement that. that it, it's more because of the giftedness of all everything come together. I mean, the Bible's yeah. clear about we are to uh, lift each other up. We are to bear one another's burdens. Um, it's also clear about uh, the body of Christ has uh, a variety of gifts, you know, that, 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 the, that the thumb is just as powerful as the head, that, that they're yeah. all needed. All these things are coming together. Um, so that's what, um, that's how worship is enhanced. So that's how... Uh, Community is enhanced just by the coming together of, of all the people, you know. Well, all throughout the New Testament, there is a biblical precedent of the necessity of meeting together. Whether you call it a church, call it a gathering, whatever you call it, when you look at the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, the very role of them was to steward and to train and to equip the saints, the rest of the people, for doing the works. When you look at the spiritual gifts, what's the purpose of the spiritual gifts? The purpose of the spiritual gifts are to edify, encourage, equip, to build people up, to point them to Jesus. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit itself is given as evidence of God dwelling within us in a, in a way for us to be able to impact those who are around us. So it, it's all about relationship. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus was fundamental in in his very teachings about relationship. It was all relational. And that's not just New Testament principle. It goes throughout the Old Testament. Right. It goes throughout the entire Scripture. So I think 
without much more of a debate, we can defend based on interpretation of Scripture that there is a necessity for the body believers to gather together in order to encourage, equip, edify each other to worship God through music, worship God through studying the Word, worship the God through laying on hands and praying over the sick, on and on and on. All of these are evidences of the necessity of gathering together as Christ followers. So I may open a can of worms on this, but one issue we probably have in our modern day church example is we we have built buildings that um many times are long rectangular with a stage up front <laughs> and a pulpit in the center and and you know we direct and, and I'm I am not against the, the preaching of the word I mean obviously that is essential but as we talk about the coming together and the sharing of the gifts and and the body growing together it is hard to do that if if our only so-called church experiences is, is one hour on a Sunday morning, and it's it's listening to the the choir sing or the praise team sing, and then the preacher preach. In essence, that's not really. Um, it, it is possible for somebody to come and attend, enjoy the show, <laughs> and go home and critique the play that they just watched. Okay, that's very harsh words, but that's that's what a lot of times what happens is they get in the car and go, the actors today just weren't as good as we were last week. And that's how we choose the church often. That'd be, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. whole other podcast, which is very sure. needed. But based how do we on, choose the church yeah. and how do we leave a church? Yeah, that guy's not as entertaining as the last yeah. guy. And But is that true? So this is meddling, I guess, but is that truly being uh, the church? Are you truly a part of a church if that's your experience every week? Um, are we able to hear the other fruits from the other people and, and bear one another's burdens? I think it's essential that we're the core of church is relationship. I really believe that. Like God wants us to be in relationship with each other, with other fellow believers. Um, you know, and if if, if somebody's listening, I, I hesitate on this because if you're if that's your experience and that's all your experience, I'm not telling you it's not enough. I don't want you to hear that, but it's not enough. <laughs> you know. God wants relationship. God wants yeah. relationship not just with him, but with other believers. So let's look at the question from a little bit different perspective. What keeps people from being part of a church? Or, or I should say, I'll say excuse <laughs> people. What, what would be some of the reasons? Yeah. Some people would say excuses. What are some of the legitimate reasons? What are some of the unrealistic reasons? I've been hurt in the past. Sure. What are the yeah. examples of hurt in the past? I know someone who's very near and dear to my life who tells told me the story of— how a husband and wife went to a church, had a little girl, and the little girl was Mm -hmm. three, four years old. Now, this was years ago, but went to a church, and the little girl came to her mom when her mom came to get her, her, and she had this big red mark on the side of her face. Mm -hmm. She said the teacher had slapped her. Mm -hmm. Now, because of that, whether it happened or not, you know, all we can do is believe what the little girl said. But here's what's happened. That couple have not been to church on a regular basis ever since then, ever, because of one bad experience that's happened. So is that a right, is a wrong thing? It's It's a wrong thing. Absolutely. absolutely. But I'm I'm just saying it's it's deeper than it's just a a right or wrong thing, because we know as Christ followers, our, our hopes and our dreams are that not every church would be like that, that no church would be like that, that no Christ follower would be like that. Yet because of a sin within the church, now all churches in that particular family seem to have been blackballed. That's a bad thing. So we're a church, we're a family, we're people. Um, Shoot the hostage. We have to own it up front that we 
We are fallible human yeah. beings. Your family, whoever's listening to this, you got some crazy uncles in your family somewhere. Everybody's got. Some, and if you don't, you are the crazy you are uncle. The crazy uncle. That's right. <laughs> if you cannot name your crazy yeah. uncle, you are Guess he. Guess what? I mean, so <laughs> I, I'm not negating that story because that that is that is it's a real, real yeah. true story. And we, I don't I don't minimize that at all. We we own that. Yeah. The uh, point is more than anything that churches are fallible. Yep. We're not perfect we make mistakes and there's not a it's not an excuse for abuse not going there at all but Mm-mm. we on staff have made mistakes sure we have times. hurt people you've you've got this issue that we all tend to carry from time to time of unforgiveness and how the unforgiveness the evil one uses unforgiveness in our life to separate us from the body of Christ so hurts are one reason that people either are would would only come for a Sunday morning service, Kevin, kind of the mm-hmm. way that you described, yeah. that I'm here and then I'm gone because of, of past hurts. Yeah. It could also be a reason that people do not come at all. Mm-hmm. So hurts is a is a real one. But then you've got other things as well. We live in a culture that does not sleep. It's open 24 yeah. hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And the majority, not all, but the majority of churches are a 10, 11 o'clock, Sunday yeah. morning, hour, hour and a half, two hour thing. Yeah. And you've got people that work now Every mm-hmm. single Sunday, yeah. you've got people that can't come because they're in nursing homes or they're bedridden or yeah. travel of ball. life. Uh, life is happening yeah. and they come. So where do these type of people fit into this whole idea of right. if, if I'm supposed to be at church, if I don't want to negate the fellowship, the, the body believers coming together, how does that fit into my world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's a tough one. Very tough one. Well, it does. We got to go back to the question: What is church, though? I mean, so for anybody, all of those people being in relationship with other believers is is so crucial to them. Yeah. So you got to find the time. You got to make it work. If if it's um, we we want you here on Sunday mornings, but if that's not working in that schedule, there's got to be a time where you can gather with other believers during the week and spend some time together. And, you know. Is it under a steeple? Is it in a pew? Maybe not, but it, it, you can't do it alone. Yeah, I, I really think that in Acts two forty two, that is our that is our best picture of what the church does when they uh, when they gather together. I'm I'm pulling that up here. I actually have a real Bible with pages. That's my Weird. I know that's my that's my preferred <laughs> method of uh, of reading. Although it's hard to do it. When it's a dark room, so that is a problem. So it says they devoted themselves. Who is they? The believers in in the book of Acts. It's the beginning of Acts. Jesus uh, died, was buried, rose mm-hmm. again, and um, he said to the to the disciples, "You're going to receive power, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you." And so this is right after that 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 experience. So it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So there it is, right there. There's there's a teaching. Now we say, well, I can just get that from YouTube. But you cannot get the same effect on YouTube as you can within the body because mm-hmm. you're your own echo chamber. There's nobody right. there's nobody pressing and poking. You hear what you want to hear. You hear what you want to hear, and you filter it through your own lens. If you're on YouTube, you've already searched for what you want to hear. <laughs> Absolutely, without a doubt. And, I'll, and I'll, Now, don't get me wrong. I listen to, to, to messages, all kinds of messages, yeah. on a regular basis. In fact, we post 
Absolutely. From from our live feed. We have a live feed, Facebook live, things yeah. of that nature. And and that fills a purpose, but in the solitude of my own home, I'm 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 doing two things. I'm not getting from others that that um that community interaction and I'm not giving. So mm-hmm. I'm losing I'm I'm Both missing ways. out and I'm and they're missing out. Yeah. I was reading a book here recently called um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, and he has a really interesting point. He said, when you negotiate, never negotiate alone because you will only hear at best one-third of what's being said. Hmm. So you negotiate in teams. One person's talking. The rest of the people are listening for what you're not hearing, and then – as you're as you're negotiating, they slip you a note or they they give you a, a, a question to ask. Attorneys do this as well. You have an, an, a, a, a legal team, yeah, not just time. one lawyer, right. and that's the reason because you're, we're always better together than we are apart. Kind of do this in this podcast. <laughs> that's you know what that's exactly yeah. right because if if this was Jeff's podcast or Kevin's podcast or or yeah. Brent's podcast, yeah. we would be pretty much talking and not. We might challenge ourselves, but yeah. even still, we have blind spots. Sure. So they they were devoting themselves to apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Now, what's fellowship? That's that's the koinonia, right? It's coming together. That's the relationship. That's the expression of love. The mm-hmm. demonstration of hey, we're we're together. Yep. And it's like a it's like a marriage. You don't want a marriage where you're just alike. Wait, fellowship is Kool Aid and cookies in the fellowship hall, right? Well, that it's that too. It's okay. fried chicken if you're yeah, okay. Southern Baptist casserole. Um. You don't want a marriage that's that both people are the same. You want the difference mm-hmm. because that's what creates the beauty, you know. Um, and not, not, I, I've been talking a long time. They were also breaking bread together, and they were praying. Again, all of these things we can and should do by ourselves, but we were never meant to be alone. We that's why the church is called the what, the body, yeah. not the arm, not the leg, not the finger. It's the body. And the body has a head. What you're describing is a phrase that we use a lot around here called life on life. Yes. yes. Living life together. And that's the necessity. I think that's really what we're trying to get to be the heartbeat of this conversation is that we were created as Christ followers to live life together. And that's not at the sake of creating a subculture of Christianity where we don't impact the rest of the world. We're not supposed to be living life together in such a way that we don't impact our lost and dying friends, people that don't know Jesus, but not yet Christians that we're involved in at work and at the ball field and at every place that we go in life, but that we should be living life on life. And why do we want that? Well, it's because you know, one of the reasons I can't do it alone. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to do it alone, and if I'm down and out, something's happened to me, I'm physically unable, who do I have to help me? The body of Christ comes together. We're, we're called to come together and support each other and lift each other up and to walk arm in arm and hand in hand and to help. And if we separate ourselves and we think that I don't need the rest of the body of Christ, I'm good, I'm the little hermit that lives in the woods by myself, and I pray all day long, and I fast, and I study, and I know God more in my heart, but then I'm not living out the Christ-like calling that he's called me to. I'm not being obedient. I'm not pointing people to Jesus. I'm not thinking about the church. I'm not speaking words of wisdom into people's lives and pointing them to Jesus when I totally seclude myself, and I'm not being uplifted by those who are walking in the faith. 
I mean, who else knows the struggles of life than another Christ follower that's gone through the exact same struggles in life that I'm going through right now? I need my brothers and sisters in Christ not only to hold me accountable, but they'll hold me up when times are tough. Can you think of—I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I just—a theme we've had in a lot of our podcast is um, the whole doing versus being. Um, And I I think we have created church—not we, big we. Sure, sure. Church is seen as another one of the of the do's. Yeah, you know we do church, um, but there's at the essence we need to be the church, um, and that therein lies a lot of what we're talking about. You know how can I how can I be the church? How can I allow other people to be the church for me? Um, if it's a doing thing, um, we're missing it. You know. Well, think of a family. The best families are the families that have have presence when i say best families the what seems to be the most happy the most connected all that they they can be they can live in separate houses but they make time to be together to share a meal to help paint each other's garage or or whatever it might be and so if the church is a family and we know that that biological families need togetherness why would we think that the church doesn't need togetherness I can honestly say that, for the most part, I wake up on Sunday mornings excited about coming together. Of course, I'm I'm the I'm the lead pastor, so I get I get to preach. You know, it, it's it's not a burden, it's, a it's not a drudgery. Yeah. But throughout my life, there have been times when I wake up and I'm like, "Do I really want to go?" And I cannot think of a single time where I have overcome that desire to not go, and I went, and it, and it didn't right. just. And I didn't leave going, you know, I'm so glad because there there was always something, some conversation, some mm-hmm. song, some touch from God in some way that really made it worthwhile. What about the person who says, I'm not a people person. I just I have trouble <laughs> relating with people. I just don't understand people. I can't seem to, to get along. An extreme with that would be to say I'm, I'm an over introvert. Yeah. I'm extreme introvert, I guess would be the correct phrase of saying, because in this podcast, we have two extroverts and an introvert right. sitting here. I'm, I'm the introvert. So how can and, we answer that question? Well, and, <laughs> but, but Get over it, it. Is, it, is a whole, <laughs> yeah. it is a whole question that there is a portion That's of society true. that really struggles. And I think even in our own church, where we see from our observation, we can sometimes see people who are having trouble connecting, and we try— yeah. We try to connect them to people. We try to put them in situations where it's comfortable and it's casual, where there's not pressure, but still there's this struggle of, I just don't connect with other people. I'm happy with my immediate family. I'm a homebody. I like me and mine, and that's kind of the extent of it. And so going to church, being around large groups, being around other people, it, it's just, it doesn't really do anything for me. How, how how do we address folks that struggle see that's with that? the wrong that's the wrong statement though it doesn't do anything for me it's not just for you as uh, that in in the letter to the Corinthians Paul said look can the finger say well I'm I'm the finger I just want to do what I want to do or whatever body appendage he uses no it says you know you can't say you're less important or you're more important the body has an equal importance for all of its members now they they have different roles some are highly visible some are not. But but in terms of importance and value, they're all important. So 
For the introvert to say, well, I just don't get anything out of that, well, maybe you don't. But again, what's love? Well, love is not about what I want always. What you get. Okay, so in the big corporate setting, you know, 200, 500,000, whatever people, sit in the pew by yourself and be your introvert. That's okay. You sure. know. But that doesn't negate that, that 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 person still needs relationship with other people. So that may be they're in the corporate service, but then they have some time with somebody else. They still need that relationship. Um, so I, I hesitate to even say what I'm about to say because I say this in love, but um, that's all true. But then we hear that sometimes, and I think it's just a um, an excuse. You know, it's it's a and I'm because I'm it's not from everybody, but I think that there are those that would just say, hey, I'm just not a people person. That, that that can be an excuse, like much like any other excuse. You know, it's just it's just a it's just a way to kind of put it out there and say, ah, that's not for me. Um, you know, that person, that introvert, needs relationship just as much as the extrovert. Extrovert needs relationship. Relationship is not knowing a hundred people and they know my name. That's not a relationship either. So there's a danger for the extrovert as well. I can be good on a stage and know a lot of people. Doesn't mean I'm in a relationship with them. Yeah. There's a difference in the crowd and the people. So, And I would ask the question, too. Does this introvert who's saying, and again, I'm an extrovert, so that's my perspective, but does this introvert who says, I don't get anything out of it, I'm just going to stay home, I don't like crowds, do they go anywhere else where there's a crowd? Do they go to the grocery store? Do they go to work? Movies. Do they go to the movies? Do they go to a PTA meeting? Do they go to Disneyland? Or do they literally hold themselves up in a house all day long? Which that in itself is a whole other issue yeah. that's it not is. healthy. Now. Also think through the majority of places that you just mentioned, you do not have to have social interaction with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yet at a church, right. we, we typically encourage the social interaction. And I love what Kevin said a minute ago about if— Which means he doesn't love what I said. <laughs> I'm, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> if, that, that the service may not—may be a struggle for some people. But that does not negate the necessity of a smaller mm -hmm. atmosphere. So at our church, we offer things like a Bible study mm -hmm. or Sunday school in the morning, yeah. a life home group, group root yeah. group, home group yeah. in the afternoons. So those right. are different options for people who do struggle with the intimacy mm -hmm. with a larger group. That is still you're still vital, vital, and in a in, in church itself is still that's part of the church. I mean, I'm trying to say that's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, we had absolutely. that's part of the church in our home group. Uh, without getting in the weeds here, but we had some. We've had some beautiful things happen. We've had, you know, uh, times where we, as a whole group, we've prayed over one person together, um, and even an introvert, you know. But it it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't hard for them because there's a relationship with those people. Um, so they felt like we were. They felt the family atmosphere there. So. Um, the introvert was able to feel like a part of a group. No, you're talking a group of uh, 15, 20 people, you know, in a home group, um, depending on the group. But, but that's still the essence of the church. In absolutely. fact, you, you're, that's doing probably more as what what the, the Acts 2.42 is doing yep. than, than the Sunday morning corporate mm -hmm. worship. But now we met on Sunday morning still. That's where we met each other originally. Yes. And then we formed these groups out of that larger group. Um, but these are people that are saying, we want to be in a relationship. We want more. We want so, to be in a relationship with each other. So these are a both and. It's yeah. all of this. Everything's a part of it. So for those who are struggling with, I don't know if I need to go to church. I've been hurt by church, whatever the situation is. It's one of the doors 
is the Sunday morning type of worship, whether it's a Saturday night, Wednesday night, whatever the local church happens to do in your area. But one of the open doors is the Sunday morning, the larger group gathering, which is vital. It is important. It's the fellowship of believers. But it's not the only door that's open to be a part of the church. That's one of the doors. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely, which I think is a very distinct clarification that's needed that when we say go to church are we automatically think of sunday morning yep but that is not the only expression of the church just what you said i think it's more important for somebody to go i'm going to intentionally connect my life with some other believers on a regular basis and do life with them do ministry with them i'm going to i'm going to perform the functions of a church if i can say it that way but I'm going to do it consistently because, you know, everything else in life, we recognize the value of consistency. We say consistent diet, consistent sleep, consistent uh, work, consistent play. Church seems to be the only area where we don't acknowledge the value of consistency, which makes no sense because we're we're physical, we're emotional, and we're spiritual, and we're something else. What's the other one? Physical, emotional, spiritual, and... Social? I don't know. But but, it's, but but that's that's such a deep part of us. If we neglect that, then we're really affecting all of our life in a way that's, that's not healthy. It's just not healthy. I want to make a comment, too, about the introvert. Part of the onus is on us as church leaders, because naturally those who are on stage either are extroverts or they're introverts comfortable as pretending to be extroverts right. for a period of time. We have to, and we've had this conversation before, we have to not be so, um, we need to be cognizant of the fact that introverts make up a large portion of the church. Mm-hmm. So the way we quote unquote do church has got to consider the feelings Absolutely. and the thoughts and the, the personalities of introverts. Mm-hmm. That might be where we need our, our greatest uh, you, attention. I've heard it many times said before, like so-and-so is an introvert. They're really shy until you get to know them. Yeah. And then you can't shut them up. But that's so, what an introvert is. But that, but <laughs> you can see that play out in yeah. smaller group settings. You know, once you because so, once they get comfortable, then they feel the the, the trust level to do that. Um, I know we're close to time here. You remember a group called AVB? Early nineties vocal band. Acapella vocal yeah. band. Remember them? Yeah. I don't think they were around for very long, but uh, just they had a song. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, the lyrics: "You can't go to church," as some people say. The common terminology you use every day. You can go to a building that is something you can do, but you can't go to church because the church is you. Nice. I just remembered that from the early 90s. Pretty, huh? That's, That's pretty awesome. good. Yeah. I'm actually singing it in my head as you're saying those words. And do it together. No, okay. You know what? We should. Let's sing a song to close it, shall we? What Mr. Introvert, what do you think? I don't know this song, so I <laughs> no, would No, well, let's I not do gently... that. Well, let's, oh, let's, now... let's do a different song. What's an easy song we can do? Oh, my goodness. You, you Amazing Grace. How about start. that? You ready? Go. So this this is going to be the final of this episode. Thank you for listening. You can turn off now, or you can you can enjoy or bemoan what well, we're since, about to do. Since we're going to do this, <laughs> I need a specification on which key we're singing in. Uh, key then, of whatever key. R sharp minor. Which key of Which verses are we doing? <laughs> we're gonna we're just follow along. We're we could tell you what we're going to do, but we won't do it. So it's not fun for an introvert. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, 
But now and found was blind, but now I see. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.